This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, a veritable foot race, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. DJ, as I'm sure you are well aware, and I'm sure the dear listener is well aware as well, I am without my smoker, and I have been for the last couple of months. It has been a little bit of a a sadness for me that I haven't been able to smoke barbecue like I have been for the past couple of years. And I know that um, even when the podcast started, my barbecue adventure of journey and discovery was probably one of our first major topping points on the podcast. And so for me to be without it for such a long period of time is taxing. I'm not going to lie and say that it isn't. Um, but I'm trying to scratch that itch in other ways. And we've talked about that in the last couple of weeks as well, because uh, I don't have a smoker. How else can I do something that is experiential food-based, which is, I think, what we came around to, where you're cooking chili and everybody gets a bowl of chili, or you're doing a shrimp boil and something like that. But DJ, I'm about to try something different that I haven't done before, and... I'm going to use a crock pot to cook my pork shoulder. Hmm, interesting. I mean, I know you experimented with the gumbo um, a few a few weeks back, um, and I wouldn't put it past you, Chris, to be able to do something like this. I remember starting this podcast in the middle, of, I guess really the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I would venture to say this was a skill that you really picked up on. It might be your thing that you brought out of the pandemic and you've been great at using the actual smoker, so faith is within you. Um, maybe even a little moment of silence, though, because you could not bring your smoker with you. DJ, like I said, I feel like I'm cheating, but it was so good about a month ago to be able to cook ribs, these baby back ribs for the, the group that I had mentioned that I visited a couple weeks ago. Uh, but in my favor here, I did bring someone to this podcast today who has tried the barbecue that has come from my smoker as well. Uh, we have Dallas here. Hi, everybody. Yeah, Dallas is here to uh, tell us all about how delicious that shredded pork was. No, I'm kidding. We, <laughs> we brought Dallas in for a different reason. But Dallas, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you as well. And I'm happy that you could meet DJ and and we could have a great podcast recording this evening. Now, uh, I actually think it's kind of fortuitous that you are here right now because, um, like I said, with me cheating, I am going to do something with this crock pot and this pork shoulder that I have never done before. And I feel kind of guilty about it. So I, I think to bring the two of you together to um, for me to, to tell you about it, I think it's going to be therapeutic for me, uh, cleansing even. <laughs> it's I, funny, I've never actually had your smoked food. <laughs> well, I've, I'm just, I always have to remember <laughs> that. I've never actually had it. So here I am hyping you up every episode. And it's like, well, I've never actually tried it. When you do finally try, you'd be like, huh, oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, back to my cheating. I am going to use the crock pot with the, the pork shoulder, but I am going to try a little something that we in the industry call liquid smoke. Mm. And it comes yes. out of a bottle. I don't exactly know how it works, but it's going to make the pork shoulder that I cook in the slow cooker 
feel like it was out of the smoker. And I don't know if this is sacrilegious, if it's just downright disrespectful, uh, but I, I would care to know both of your opinions on what I'm about to do. And if, I, if you need to stop me before I do it, tell me now. <laughs> I know I've tried liquid smoke before, and it works, right? But I think it's just a little, it's just too pronounced every time. That's what gives it away for me that, oh, yeah, this isn't the real stuff. Is it that you put too much in it? Well, they, I've never actually used it before. You can just tell, and I think Theme Park Barbecue actually has this issue. There are parks that are starting to do actual barbecue in-house. They're smoking it, but I think for a long time um, they were buying or heating up barbecue that just had liquid smoke in it. Well, I'm nervous that it's going to be... I don't, worst case scenario, I don't taste a difference. And then what have I been doing these last couple of years? <laughs> so I'm hoping that's not the case, but I'm hoping that it does start to recreate that flavor profile, to use that term, that flavor profile of smoked barbecue. And to, so that I can begin to get back to that just in a tiny amount. Um, so I don't know. That's what I was thinking today. That is what has been impressed upon my soul um, today as I went to the grocery store with the intention of buying liquid smoke. I bought it and the lights flickered in the grocery store when I did it. So <laughs> I don't feel like I am doing something entirely right, but the ends justify the means. So we will Do see. Do you have about an opinion that. on this matter, Dallas? I know it's very important liquid versus real smoke. Well, I have never smoked anything myself before, but I have made pulled pork in a crock pot a billion times. And so I say go for it because it's always good no matter what. Like even bad pulled pork is still better than not having pulled pork. There we go. So if you're just trying to scratch an itch and just kind of bring something back, I feel like this is a good way to do that. You okay. might be cheating a little bit as somebody who is a dedicated smoker, but at the end of the day, you just need your pulled pork. I do. And that, I'm going to put it on nachos. I'm going to put it in tacos. I already have all the meals planned out that I'm going to use it for. So you encouraged me with that, and I thank you. Um, now that you've said <laughs> that you've done it multiple times, I am curious. Do you just put the meat in the crock pot? Do you rub it with anything? Do you put cut onions and garlics in it? What do you do? Um, I'm going to probably get in a lot of trouble from you for saying this. I really just stick it in the crock pot. I will sometimes, I think, put water in it and then barbecue sauce. And that is about <sighs> it. Okay. That, uh, How could you? No, just kidding. <laughs> that works. I I don't know if I'll do that. I might, I might try to make it a little fancier. <laughs> but it's good to know that if you just put it in the crock pot and cook it slowly, that it will get to a good point so that anything on top of that may either push it over the edge and, and make it something entirely different or um, make it a, a delicious meal as well. So I am encouraged by your experience that you say that uh, it's a, a good meal all around, and I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um, it's still it's kind of late in the day today, and I'm not going to make tapas or anything, so uh, that might be a little late for me to eat tonight if I were to just put it in now in the afternoon. Uh, but that is what has really been bouncing around in my head for the last couple of days as I try to wrestle with this internal strife of mine and try to figure about figure out about that. Uh, but we've got a great show uh, planned out today. We are going to talk about Run Disney, which is something that I have zero experience with. 
And uh, I know DJ uh, hasn't done anything like that just yet, but Dallas has uh, plenty of experience with Ron Disney, and so I'm very intrigued about learning more about that. Uh, but before we bring on the entree for today's episode, DJ, let's just remind them briefly about some of our past adventures. I think we had an interesting episode uh, with our Venetian Merchant and the River King episode where we talked about the city of Venice, but not just what everyone thinks about the floating city, but we really uh, ran with this idea that uh, Venice would be charging almost a tourist tax um, to get people into the actual city. And I say idea, this is something they really are doing. They're kind of testing it out right now. And we thought that made sense. And you can listen to the podcast to hear why. Uh, I also visited what we call the, the City of Sin. City and I did it two sin. times. I did this twice to the real City of Sin, Las Vegas. But this was about the City of Cincinnati. Uh, my adventures there at the American Sign Museum. Also a, a great day at King's Island. Hadn't been there in a while. Got to get on Orion. Um, and we did have a great interview with Michael Graham of the Gravity Group, who has been doing with his company, a lot of work over at Kings Island on some of their wooden roller coasters, the Beast and the Racer. And we kind of took a look also at really some memories of mine. Uh, we called it DJ in the Lost City, where I took you through as best as I could. And with Chris's sort of NPR podcast editing skills, uh, he added some great embellishment there, some great effects, as I took us through my adventure in Celebration City in Branson, Missouri, which was really my first experience ever at an amusement park. Right. I like to liken it to um, something that I'm going to bring up now, but it's not a spoiler, DJ. I know that you haven't watched the Disney Plus Marvel shows, but in a couple well, of these shows... What? Well, actually, I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision. Okay, so you're on your way. Good. But, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remain very general, um, but I'm going to say that in a couple of these Marvel shows, they do get pretty deeper into the character story uh, that you can't really get in a movie, it seems like. And I feel like that's what we did with you. We explored your past, mm. and yes. I think that we're all better for it. Uh, <laughs> just as a side note, Dallas, have you seen those Marvel shows on Disney Plus yet? I've seen some of them. I've seen WandaVision. I've started watching Hawkeye, and that is about it. Okay. I've been too busy to keep up with TV shows recently, <laughs> but I've been doing my best. Yeah, Loki is my personal favorite, so I can't wait to get a season two of that because that was a, definitely a great show. Uh, but those were some of the recent episodes that we had in Corkscrew Convos, which is our show. Uh, so if you are new to Corkscrew Convos, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, take a look around, take a listen, and we hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, there are many ways for you to have a Corkscrew conversation with us if you'd like to. Uh, we have a Gmail account, which is corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. We're on the Twitter, the TikTok, the Facebook, the Instagram, uh, whatever the kids are on these days. We're, we, we at least have a, an account out there. And I like posting pictures of uh, pretty roller coasters and things like that on Instagram. Uh, sometimes we get to some debauchery on TikTok. Uh, and DJ, I was telling you again, you can't plan a TikTok. It just has to sort of happen. And it's going to be the one that you don't put a lot of effort into, that's a little rough around the edges, that is going to hit the algorithm at the right angle. And I don't understand it. Uh, maybe I'm too old for it, but it's, it's just something about TikTok that it's a conundrum. So <laughs> we're trying to figure that out little by little. But moral of the story, there are plenty of ways for you to uh, have a corkscrew conversation with us, as the kids would say.
So here at Corkscrew Convos, we are dedicated to bringing you the word, the gab, whatever you want to call it, uh, from whatever comes across our news desk, because we do have a, a news desk that brings in different stories like that here and there. Uh, and DJ, I was watching Forrest Gump the other day, uh, as I often do. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm. And it was that scene where he just started running. You know what I'm saying? He yes. was running. He yeah, was, it's just when he decides to go. And he never stops. Spoiler. Oh, yeah. Coast to coast and back again. It's incredible. And it got me thinking, DJ, because we used to have Paramount Parks in North America uh, with varying degrees of Forrest Gump tie-ins. I think King's Dominion, they used to have a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, uh, which wasn't the Landry's-operated restaurant, but a quick-service version of that. Um, I think King's Island had a Lieutenant Dan's bar or something as well that was Mm. attached to their Bubba Gump shrimp. Um, So I think that's pretty much all that we saw in these Paramount parks for Forrest Gump theming, but they they did have a bench as well with a box of chocolates uh, placed on that bench too, which I thought was pretty cute. Um, But with that, I guess we could say activation of Forrest Gump in the theme parks, um, I don't think they ever did a race. A foot race, so to say. Um, And I think that's a missed opportunity because what if they had done a run, forest, run, 5K at Carowinds, Paramount's Carowinds in 2006? (laughs) I think that would have been very fun. Well, the question is, did people run back then? Did they have those races or is this a modern thing? Dallas? Um, So actually, even talking about going into Run Disney already, this upcoming marathon weekend in January of 2023 is going to be the 30th anniversary of the marathon weekend. So it's at least been going on since, I want to say probably at least the 80s is a big trend, but running's been a thing for a while. Race, okay. Foot races have been around for years and years and years. Oh, okay. Not super caught up on my history, unfortunately, <laughs> so I can't tell you exactly when. But. So it's not a, a modern invention that people walk very fast. No. Actually, okay. give me one second. I'm going to do some research. With the marathon, wasn't it that this guy ran 26 point something miles to deliver a message and then died? And that was the first marathon? Yes. He ran from marathon to Athens or Athens to marathon. And it was 26.2 miles. The gas station? Exactly. I, yes. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I guess people have been running for a while now. Um, They never did in the Paramount Parks, but I guess that's okay because Disney, it seems, is capitalizing on people's need to run around their resort. Um, I'm not someone who really races in any form. Uh, DJ, I know that you race F1 uh, on the TV and things (laughs) like that. On the PS5, that's right. Yeah, okay, flex, all right. Go off. Um, so I don't feel like I've missed out personally that I've never got to do a run forest run race or something like that. But it did get me thinking, and this is why we brought in Dallas because Dallas has a lot of experience with this. But running at theme parks, um, on a side note, it's kind of against the rules because you're not supposed to run in a park. Uh, but that aside, Running in theme parks is big business at the Walt Disney World Resort with Run Disney. So neither of us have done it, but we did bring in Dallas, who has plenty of experience with the Run Disney subculture. And I think it's safe to say that it is a whole subculture now within the Disney fandom. So Dallas, what is your story? What is Run Disney? And what is everything in between? So I have never been a runner. I 
in elementary school would run around the track that we had, and that was about the extent of it. And then getting into middle school, high school, I did not run whatsoever. My marching band director made us run before band practice every once in a while, but even then hated it. Got to college, continued with that. Every once in a while, right, lace up a pair of shoes and I would try to go out on a run. And I would make it a couple hundred feet before I'd stop and walk, run a little bit more, stop and walk. And so for some reason, out of nowhere in summer of 2018, I decided I'm going to run one of these races at Disney. And so I looked into it and saw Disneyland wasn't doing any races anymore. Disney World had a good bunch coming up, but of course it's middle of summer. The next race weekend that they had was their wine and dine race weekend in November. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe might want to wait a little bit longer. So I decided to do one of the 2019 races. And I initially looked at the three that were available then. So there's Marathon Weekend, the Princess Half Weekend, and at the time there was the Star Wars Half Weekend. And being a huge Star Wars fan, I'm just I immediately went for that one. So I started training for that and then found out that there was a wedding that my then boyfriend and I had to go to that exact same weekend. And so we're just like, well, we've already started training. Registration hasn't started yet, so we haven't really missed out on anything. Let's do the Princess Half instead. So I am very competitive, not so much in the fact that I will out try to outrun everybody else, but I knew that we were going to be spending some time out in the parks afterwards. And I knew that I would not feel very happy if I was walking around with my little 5K medal for my very first race that I've ever run, seeing people walk around with medals for a longer distance. So I decided that if I had all of this time, I had about nine months at that point to train for this race, I might as well just run the longest race they had. So that was what motivated me to sign up for the half marathon. So then nine months later, I had run a 10K to get a qualifying time so I could get placed into an earlier corral. And that was all of my experience going into this race. And I started this race, had no idea what I was doing. And by the time I finished the whole race, crossed that finish line, everybody else around me, especially all of the people who had just run a race for the first time, were all complaining and all in pain and everybody swearing on their life that they will never run another race like this again. And meanwhile, as much as I hurt and as much in pain that I was in, all I can think of was, okay, so you're telling me that there's a marathon here too. <laughs> I, I had caught the bug and I have been continuing to run after it ever since. Wow. And have you gone on to do a whole marathon now? Yes. So actually, I ran the Walt Disney World Marathon as my very first marathon just this past January 2022. And that was an incredible experience. What does the preparation for a marathon like that actually look like? I'm curious from the exercises or a plan like I've seen people post on Instagram. I'm doing a marathon in a year. Here's, you know, keep me accountable. Mm -hmm. Here's the distances I have to go. Like to me, it's like, okay, wouldn't you run a marathon in preparation for a marathon, like to get a good time? What does that look like? Yeah, so it definitely varies from person to person, especially based on what kind of races you're running. When I ran this marathon back in January, I knew this is the race that I was training for. This is the race that I want to run. So I did all of my training for this one specific race. I use Hal Higdon's racing training plan. And so I started about 18 weeks out 
and went from just running casually to being able to run this marathon. And I, I will put in the disclaimer, I am not the person who's run the most Disney races. I've only run these two, and I'm currently training for another three, I guess you could say. Um, but I also run like molasses that's been left out overnight in the middle of winter. So I, I'm not fast by any means. I just run for the fun of it. But at least my training is mostly to get me to be able to continue running and to continue having enough stamina to get through all 26.2 miles. Whew. So it's, it's a lot. I can't even get my head around running 26.2 miles. That's like from one city to the other. I guess originally it was one city to the mm -hmm. other. But that's... Incredible. And <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever run a marathon. Maybe a 5K or a 10K would be in my future eventually, but a whole marathon, that's incredible. So so great job for doing that. But I'm Thank very you. curious about these different themes that you mentioned with the Star mm -hmm. Wars half K. No, not a half K. That's half like marathon. two feet. Half marathon and the, <laughs> the Disney princess half marathon. Mm -hmm. What do these different themes mean? So there are about four main weekends for the marathons and half marathon weekends. The season starts in November with the wine and dine half marathon, and that theme will change every single year. So for example, this past year, it was villains. This upcoming year, it's Coco, it is Aladdin, it's Rhea, and it is also Soul. So a whole lot of different movies and a whole lot of IPs going into that specific weekend. The marathon weekend is the next weekend after that, and that one happens every January, about the first or second weekend of the month. And that is always your big Disney character themes. So this year they've changed it up a little bit. So we have Chip and Dale as the 10K. Yes, so for the 5K, it is themed after Pluto. The 10K is themed after Chip and Dale. The half marathon is Donald and Daisy Duck, and our full marathon is Mickey and Minnie. Okay, the OGs then. Yep, so the OGs. <laughs> with these different themes, is that what's on the medal? Are these the characters that are at the finish line cheering you on? How does that really translate to a race experience that these themes are variable and different? Yes, it is mostly the medal that these characters will appear on. It is also a fantastic place. You mentioned the characters at the finish line. It's always Mickey and Minnie. They are, of course, the biggest two that Disney has. And they are always, they're along the course at various spots. So when I ran into Magic Kingdom for the first time, they were standing at the train station. When you finish the race, they're also there at the very end, just congratulating you, waving at you your last couple hundred feet to get to that finish line. But... For the actual races themselves, it does kind of change a little bit. So, for example, the princess half had a lot more of the princess characters and princes and that kind of character. They did still have a lot of the characters from other IP as well, or other movies that Disney owns as well. But majority, it's themed around the princesses. So all of the mile markers, the medals, the finish, starting lines, everything is princess themed for that. For Star Wars, I did not run that race when we still had it, or they still had it. But I, it's about the same thing, but instead of all of these princesses, now you have characters from the Star Wars universe. Oh, like uh, Babu Frick. Oh, the <sighs> best Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, that's, I love Babu Frick. Uh, the high point of that movie. But that's very cool <laughs> that they have... We're not going to get into this right now, DJ. Another episode. <laughs> yeah. Not what we have against... <laughs> 
Okay. Hey, I, I'm going to fight with DJ on, against you on this. Thank you. Okay. But with uh, these No, against you. No, against you. you. Against you. Yes. yes. Are we going to do this right? Oh, my God. <laughs> we well, don't is... have to do it right now, but... I'm going to have to rewatch it for the first time than I did in theaters in December 2019. Take notes, condense it into a synthesized thesis, and then own you both with it. Um, and it's something I'm comfortable doing, and I can do it as well. But um, if you want to talk how bad The Rise of Skywalker is with me, you best come prepared. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, I'm a prequel fan. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm really excited about for my future with Ren Disney is generally for the half marathon weekend, it's running the 10K as well as the half marathon. So you get a bonus medal for that. And so you're basically running at least two races, two days in a row. But then for the marathon weekend, since it's a full as well, there is a much different kind of challenge medal to that. So for example, I am signed up for Goofy's Race and a Half Challenge. So that is running the half marathon on January 7th. And then on January 8th, I'm going to turn around and run the full. Wow. Um, I am a little bit disappointed. I know everybody else who's a run Disney fan or anybody who's going to be running any of the races this winter knows registration was awful this year. So I was actually trying to get into the Dopey Challenge and wound up only be able, being able to sign up for Goofy's Race and a Half. But the Dopey Challenge is probably really well named if you're not somebody who enjoys running because you are running every single race that this weekend offers. You are starting out your weekend on Thursday running. <laughs> I'm seeing Absolutely DJ giving not. a billion thumbs down. Absolutely not. <laughs> You're starting out the weekend on Thursday running the 5K. Friday, you're running the 10K. Saturday, you're running the half. And on Sunday, you are finishing the race with the full. So you get all four of those challenge medals. And you also get the medal for doing the Dopey Challenge. But then you also still technically run Goofy's Race and a Half as well. So you get that medal as well. So you run four races. You get six medals, six shirts. And then this year, they're finally also bringing back the Castaway K Challenge, which... I'm super excited about is the day after the marathon, you are jumping on a cruise ship that Disney owns. You're going down to Castaway K and you're running another 5K in a couple days later. And in so the sand. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> they do actually have a full 5K course there. So I don't believe okay. it's sand. I will get back to you on that because I am also registered for that race. So I'm only registered <laughs> for technically three week races for that weekend. But I am hoping to be able to do everything at some point. I have That's so many you questions. Look so concerned. So many questions. <laughs> that <laughs> That's what I'm like here for. A lot of running. Um, a follow-up question. Why? <laughs> um, I'm sure everybody has heard about the rudders high at some point or another. I get and that from barbecue. <laughs> there you go. It is definitely a thing if you know how to get it. But also, it's very difficult to get. I've only actually gotten a full runner's high for the four years I've been running. A small handful of times, maybe four or five. But it is still addictive, even if it isn't actually giving you that runner's high every single time. I really love doing Run Disney just because it is such a cool way to see the parks. And it is 
such a unique experience. I've done races all over the country and I, every single time, have a great time. But there's just something a little bit different about just the magic that gets pumped into a Disney race. If you've ever been to a Disney park versus anything else, you know that there's a different kind of standard. There's more magic that really goes into it just because that's what they excel in. That's their kind of, that's just what they do. They create this wonderful, exactly, yes. I, I did realize I didn't talk yet about actually running in the parks. I've been talking more about the insanity behind it. So I was born and raised in Southern California. So I grew up going to Disneyland all the time. And even though I don't live in the area anymore, and that's not something that I regularly do at this point in my life, I am still very much a Disney adult. So it is a really cool experience to be able to go and see these parks in a much different light. So especially marathon weekend, you're running the marathon, you go through all four parks, whereas the only other parks that you would go through in any of the other races, you always would, I think, generally go through Epcot, depending on which race it is. Some go through Animal Kingdom, and most of the halves will take you through Magic Kingdom as well. And it is the coolest experience. They let in all of the families only into select areas to really view you. So one of the places that they do let everybody pack into to cheer on your runners is down Main Street. And you are coming from a lot of the service roads and employee roads. You're running on the highways and the roads within Disney World. So I've seen a lot of the backstage areas that most guests don't really get to see if you're not a cast member or you're not somebody who knows somebody here. It is probably the only experience where you can get this true behind the scenes view of Disney World, which when you are coming into Main Street rather than coming right down the front from the train station and heading straight towards the castle, you are coming from a side road and you make this right turn onto Main Street itself and all of a sudden you are just surrounded by people holding up signs, cheering, there's music, there's characters, and the castle is dead in front of you. If you are a much faster runner than I am, you'll generally get there when it's dark and the castle's lit up. I got there both times I've run these races around daybreaks, so right around sunrise. And it is just so cool. The whole sky is pink. The castle's pink. Everything is lit up with this really cool glow. And like I said, music's all Disney music playing too. So you get to hear just the most motivational songs. I have a concerning amount of Disney music on my running playlist already. So getting to actually hear the songs that I train with in Sorry, these... Sorry, my watch is yelling at me. Um, <laughs> getting to actually even hear the songs that I've been training to for the last nine months or so played in the park when I'm running this race was so cool. So when you're running through these parks, is it before mm-hmm. opening? Generally. So okay. if you're running anything other than the marathon, then yes. You are starting these races at, if you guys thought I was insane before, you're definitely going to think it now. These races start around 4 a.m., so no. you need to get to the parks around 2, no. make sure you're staged and ready to go by 3, and then actual step off, like start is at around 4 o'clock, Okay, do you, o'clock. do you sleep or do you just stay up? Because that I, means you're waking up at like, what, 2 in the morning, 2.30 in yep. the morning? Mm-hmm. I... Definitely do my best to for these races. When I ran the half, I can't remember quite so much if I couldn't sleep or not. But I felt so scared and underprepared for this marathon. And just the nerves and the excitement. And 
there is nothing more intimidating than realizing, oh my God, I'm going to wake up in five hours or so and run a marathon when you've never done that before. And so I felt so scared, so unprepared and generally terrified. So I could not sleep for the life of me that night. I then started doom scrolling and looking up all of this last minute stuff about marathons online. <laughs> and luckily one of the things that I found was very, very comforting for me in that moment, three or what was it? 1.30 AM waking up at two. And it was saying that the night before you run your race, your sleep doesn't matter. If you've gotten a good amount of sleep leading up to the race, that's what you really need more. Your body is already rested. It's not going to be any more or less rested with that one night of sleep. It might not be as ideal if you don't get any sleep, but that night of sleep doesn't matter. I don't know if that's true. That's what some Google search told me and it made me feel better. So I'm just gonna go with it being true, even if it's not. And okay. so luckily for me, the week before we, where I live at home, we had gotten snowed out, so I wasn't able to go to work for that week, which meant I got a week of really great sleep. So that night before didn't matter so much, but it was still, it was definitely scary, but wow. also exciting. I'm always terrified I'm going to oversleep these things because I'm terrible at oversleeping all the time, but just the excitement and just the buzz and the energy of the morning, it wakes you up almost immediately. Well, how do these super, super early mornings work if you're doing the multiple races in a challenge? Do you just have a, a couple of days where you don't really sleep at all? Because I imagine you're in the parks sometimes, too, when you're not racing. Mm -hmm. When do you have time to sleep and hydrate and recover? I don't know yet. <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of information out there. People have been running Dopey now for this is going to be its 10th year. And so there's definitely been a lot of people out there who've run these races successfully. And at some point, you just kind of have to do it, I guess. Just cross your fingers and hope for the best. I have definitely found, though, that having being active after running these races helps. I, of course, finishing my half and then finishing my full spent a couple of days in the parks. So being able to continue and be on your feet definitely helps get, keep your body moving because if you just lay down and you crash and you don't do anything for two days, all of a sudden your body just starts tightening up and things hurt so much more. Okay, good to know because the extent of my experience with post-marathon recovery is that one episode of How I Met Your Mother when <laughs> Barney ran a marathon on a dare and then sat down on the subway and got stuck there forever and sort of just rode the subway to the end of the line for the middle of the night because he couldn't get up again. Uh, so it makes sense that you should uh, get up and, and get active after that marathon, even if it sounds extremely difficult to do, which it does. But uh, I imagine waiting in line is a, a good way to keep the blood moving. Yep. And I actually had never gone down to any theme park and done a multi-day trip outside of these run Disney weekends. So I really had nothing to compare it to up until this past March. So of course we were initially going to fly down to Orlando for this race. And with all the weather that we were having up here and we just decided not to risk it with the flights because if we missed our flight, I would not be able to make bid pickup and I would not be running this race and I would have been devastated. So we decided, all right, you know what? Let's just drive. Let's drive instead. We'll just push the flights to another weekend. 
And so we went to Universal in March with those same flights. I'd never been to Universal before, so it was a good time. But that was my very first time going to a theme park for multiple days in a row where I wasn't also doing a massive race as well. And I will tell you that if you do these multi-day park days, I felt by the end of that as much pain as I was always in at the end of my Disney trips after running this race and then doing a multi-park day trip to Disney. So if you're accustomed to the pain that you feel after you go down to Universal for four days or so, you, are, you already know what it's going to feel like to have run a marathon. You've got that feeling in your bones. You're good to go. So you might as well run a race while you're down there at the same time. Okay, that makes yep. sense, I think. Yeah, because so, you get a really nice medal, and then you get complimented by cast members. It's great. So, but so. if I wanted to go to the park, like, do mm -hmm. I get a discount for going so many days because I'm also doing this, or is it totally auxiliary? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm just genuinely curious. It sounds like it's you're paying to do the experience and go through all the areas mm -hmm. of Disney in kind of a more quaint, uh, intimate environment. And I don't know if intimate... Mm -hmm is a way to describe distance running, but it can be intimate with yourself, I guess, with your mind. Yeah. yeah, you are just paying for the race experience. So it is a very expensive race to run, but I think it's very worth the price. I, like I said, I'm a Disney adult, so I love to be able to do this activity that I love in a place that I love so much. Mm -hmm. So being able to combine those two loves is definitely worth the cost. And people love it. I mean, the last time I went to Disney was um, back at the end of March, uh, early April, um, and it was for a, a wedding. And it was the same weekend that they did their springtime surprise weekend. And I guess yep. this is the first time they ever did that. Um, but I got to Hollywood Studios so early, I was seeing people leaving, and everyone was just so, you know, they got off that runner's high or whatever it was, and they were so excited and talking to each other uh, about how much fun they had. And people were wearing glittery skirts and flowing skirts and ribbons and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it didn't just look like, you know, put your sunglasses on and run. Everyone seemed to have mm -hmm. had a good time with it, for sure. Yep. I, there's so much to talk about that I feel like I haven't even said yet, because you mentioned the costumes, and that is such a big deal with these races. Um, we are months out from the marathon weekend and i am already seeing on the facebook pages what people are planning to wear for their dopey challenge like people are already planning out these costumes are already started on creating them and some of these costumes are really insane my first weekend or my first race there doing princess we were running towards magic kingdom early in the morning and up in front of us there's a couple of princesses full ball gowns running this race and i'm just like Oh my goodness, yeah. they have princesses on the course. That's, That's kind of what cool. I saw. <laughs> yeah. And then I get up close and I'm like, oh, wait, no, they have like full running shoes. These aren't cast members just like running along, having fun with us. No, these are people running in full ball gowns. Like wow. as we got closer to these two, we get up next to them. I look over and these are two guys spouting full wigs, full ball gowns, running this half marathon. And I'm... My outfit for that, I dress as Rapunzel. So I had my braid that I always run in, flowers tucked in, tank top that I made to look like her shirt, and then a running skirt that I'd made just with purple athletic fabric. It only went down to no longer than my knees. And even that was a lot for me to run in. I cannot imagine running in a full ball gown. That and then one of the... I'll just say, that sounds very difficult. I mean, it mm -hmm. restricts motion, doesn't it? So how do you run yeah. a marathon in oh, that? Oh, in the heat. 
uh, no Florida idea. heat <laughs> yeah. and the humidity. And I was going to ask you if there were communities of these runners. So it sounds like there are. There are Facebook groups and maybe Discord chats. I'm sure it's the whole nine yards. I haven't found a Discord chat yet, but I'm oh, sure it's okay. out there. Okay. Well, um, you can start really, it. Yeah, I really just <laughs> haven't looked that hard. I, of course, I'm on so many Facebook groups. I'm on two of the general ones, and then I'm on, like, some of the ones just for running Dopey, because I was still hoping for that. I'm still ho- holding out that I might be able to secure registration. We'll see. Um, I'm on running groups for like solo runners marathon weekend 2023 i'm in strava groups and then i also just joined a challenge app where everybody running this race is currently competing to close their rings and all of their apple watch challenges so that's been exciting too it's a really cool community as well because you also have a lot of people who will pop up regularly in these races so if you have managed to secure registration in ev- these races every single year since they started, you can become what's called a perfect runner and you get secure. You are guaranteed registration no matter what. And you get like special designations on your bibs. And it seems like it's a really cool experience. But I, of course, have not been a runner for 30 years. I don't I haven't been able to do that. But that would be a goal of mine to be able to continue doing this long enough to do that. But then also you tend to see a lot of the same people doing these races. And there are a lot of the same people who will post on these groups. So one of my favorite runners that I've shared the track with, or the track the road with, is somebody, I don't know his name, but he goes by Puppet Runner. So he does these races, full costume, head to toe, with a puppet. So he has a hippo that he has, and he'll dress up like a Jungle Cruise captain. And then his... the. I saw him during the marathon and he was dressed up as Gusto and had a Remy puppet. So um, the mouse, not mouse, rat from Ratatouille. And so that was definitely interesting too. He runs this whole race with this guy and he's in races all over the country too. And he is one of the most uplifting people to be able to meet and experience these races with. Wow. So it it does really sound like this is a whole subculture and you mentioned a community of people that enjoy running around these parks in the florida humidity in the middle of the night wearing a full ball gown and i imagine that (laughs) while there might not be a ton of people that do that the people that do that do that because they like it and because they can Mm -hmm. do it together and have a good time yep i wonder too if it's also a way to get I don't know, maybe somebody on in the family on the fence who says, I don't really know if we should go to Disney for the family vacation. It's like, but mom, you can run a 10K while you're there. Or, but dad, they're doing the 5K Expedition Everest thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that sways anybody. Like, okay, now we're going to plan our trip around that. Well, I've actually never been to Disney World outside of running these races. So the first time I went, I kind of joke about even starting to run as a thinly veiled excuse just to go to Disney World and then all of a sudden realized oh wait crap I actually like this going to have to keep doing this in the future (laughs) (laughs) so I definitely use that as an excuse to be like "Mm, this is a good excuse to go like yeah I'm going to Florida and I'm spending a bunch of money on a Disney vacation but it's for a race it's it's not the same thing as just going spending money for a trip not at all and really yeah yeah, it was a trip. 
Well, it sounds like with the amount of planning and the registration process and the hours of this race that I would think that there weren't that many people that would sign up for a Disney race passively. They're doing it because they really want to do it and get the whole experience. Is that mm-hmm. the case, do you find? It it kind of depends. So when I registered for Princess in 2019, I was told registrations go really quickly. So I was sitting in front of my computer at 10 a.m. on registration day, ready to go, and registered for my half marathon immediately, got so excited I secured my spot, and then even the week before the half marathon, there were still spots open for the half. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's really only for some of the smaller races then. And then this past year, I didn't decide to actually run the marathon until I want to say August and registration had already been open for a little bit. So even though it had been open for some time, I still was able to get that registration. But then for this past registration weekend for marathon weekend, I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing for princess when that opens up, I believe next week, this upcoming year is the 30th anniversary of the marathon weekend. And it's also the first marathon weekend back since most of the COVID restrictions have been lifted. So when I ran back in January, you still had to wear masks indoors. You still couldn't actually go up and hug your favorite characters. There was distance meetings, so all the photos were done from a distance. And it was still not normal necessarily. So this is the first race since 20, or I guess 2020 did have two races that still took place, but That was, of course, before everything shut down. Even then, it was a little bit scary. So those races still happened, but then 2021's races got canceled, and then 2022 was finally the season where things started coming back. So a lot of people are still scared for that race. People have been sitting on their desire to do these races now for years. And so this is the race where people are realizing, cool, we can do all the things we love again. We can hug our favorite characters. We can make, it's going to probably be safer in airports as well. And so registration for 2023 was a bit of a disaster. Everybody was on their computers ready to go. I believe it was 10 o'clock for registration. I'm sitting, I have my work computer open, ready to go. I have my phone ready to go. I have a couple different tabs open, how you're supposed to do it. Um, and all of a sudden it, nothing loads. And we're sitting there, everybody's starting to get on the Facebook page. It's like, hey, what's going on? Um, uh, is, it, is it broken? Is, is the website down? What's going on? And then people who tried to jump in a couple of minutes after that were posting different screens saying, oops, something's wrong. Or let me pull this up because it's just, it's going to scar me for life. Um, While you're doing that, it sounds like trying to get an individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance. It's very similar to that, yes. Um, let's see, I wanna, uh, it's gonna take some digging, I'm not gonna pull that up. Um, a lot of people were seeing a screen with the seven dwarves, dwarves and just saying, hold tight, there's technical issues. And at least where I was within the portal already, they were giving us updates and they were giving timestamps with it too, like, hey, we're experiencing technical difficulties, stay right where you are, do not close your tabs. And so I'm regist- I'm sitting here ready to go for registration on the dot at, right at 10 o'clock. And they don't wind up opening registration until 1230. Oh, my goodness. So I'm sitting here stressing out. I'm trying to get work done. I swear. 
you're my boss or any of my coworkers. I'm I I was I was definitely working in this time. I pinky promise. And so finally getting into the through to the registration part. You are then put in a virtual queue. They are randomly assigning your times to get into this queue as well. So I at 12:30 finally got placed into the line. And they said that I had to wait about an hour and a half or so. It wound up taking me about 45 minutes. I was trying to register myself for Dopey and my mom for the 5K. I got in there. I put both of our registrations in. I went to check out, and the 5K had sold out, so I couldn't. Mm. So I then had to backtrack, remove the 5K registration, went to register for Dopey. Dopey was sold out. So I was either like, okay, I can either quit and just hope for a, a charity bib that I can grab later, or else I can just try and get some kind of registration under my belt. So I backtracked, grabbed Goofy, checked out with that properly. So I was really heartbroken because with that race, I was planning on this being my big race weekend. My mom and I, even the couple days before, booked the cruise to be able to do the Castaway K as well. So I was going to do all four races for marathon weekend and then go and do the bonus fifth one as well. So it was going to be this huge thing and I missed out on that. I had kind of been freaking out a little bit because everybody on these Facebook pages was talking about their concern for the registration process this year. And at the same time, people were also posting the numbers for past years showing, well, Dopey generally doesn't sell out until like weeks or even months after registration opens. The marathon doesn't sell out for weeks or months after registration opens. Goofy, Goofy's race and a half almost never sells out until maybe a couple weeks before the race itself. Castaway K never sells out, ever. Everything within an hour was entirely sold out. Even people who were trying to register at the same time as me didn't even get into Goofy's Race and a Half Challenge. So I'm very excited that I have the race that I do, but it's still kind of disappointing to have not been able to get that. And I know a lot of Disney fans are feeling the same way. Like you mentioned, trying to get individual lightning lanes and things like that. The same sort of process of having to wake up at a certain time, be ready to go and have a billion tabs open to try and secure this registration. But then at the end of the day, it just doesn't happen. And it was it was very disappointing, but I'm still excited. And now this just means I'm going to have to go try again in the future. Well, it sounds like either they need more race weekends or... Universal needs to start some races, because if there's that much demand that is unmet, I wonder if a Jaws 5K or a Back to the Future 10K or, or most importantly, a Fast and the Furious marathon would be in the future. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that, because the... Back in February 2020, Universal did actually have a run weekend. So they did, I'm reading off of their website right now, the Epic Character Race 5K and 10K weekend. But that was in 2020, and it it looks like they don't have anything else planned for the future, it looks like. I would understand trying to do it in 2020 for the first time, and of course it being 2020, not being able to maintain that in the future. But I'm hoping they bring it back because a lot of people have talked about how badly they'd want to do those races in the future if they came back. Yeah, it seems like these races are big business. I know that the Disneyland Resort um, had to discontinue their run Disney involvement uh, because mm -hmm. of all the construction around 
Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that backstage area that would usually have been used for uh, parts of the race was now unavailable for the first time in a long time, so they couldn't continue that as well with all of the changes that were happening both there and around the resort in anticipation of Galaxy's Edge's opening. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do wonder if they will get back to that at some point as well, because it seems like there is a lot of money to be had in these races, because it seems mm-hmm. like big business. Yep, that is the million-dollar question. Everybody wants the Disneyland races to come back. I imagine those would sell out very quickly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At at the very least, I can imagine the first year it comes back for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And then maybe a couple years after that, too. So, Well, Dallas, I would like to nerd out a little bit. If you would, please, tell me what is the coolest backstage view that you got to see at Walt Disney World during your races? Well, I don't want any Disney executives to come at me for giving too listen. much away. <laughs> um, but I, well, but probably one of my favorite views is Space Mountain from the cast member entrance. There is a little lagoon, little bit of water that it reflects on. I ran by right at sunrise, so it's all lit up. It's golden hour light. And that was really, really cool. Um, but then also Marathon Weekend took us through Animal Kingdom as well. And unfortunately, as it's a tradition to ride Expedition Everest during the half or during the full marathon because you're basically getting good to that park right when it opens. So you can jump into the line, not have to wait that long, ride this roller coaster, jump back into the race and keep going. They unfortunately decided that they would start doing their refurbishments only days before the race. So I did not get to do that. So I'm a little bit heartbroken, and I'm hoping to do that this upcoming January. But we did get to see the backside of it, which was really cool, because, of course, seeing it from the park side, you see this beautiful mountain. But then seeing it from the backside, it is a warehouse (laughs) with a mountain facade on it. And you could even, if you knew where to look, I somehow did, or... If you looked up at a certain spot, you could even see that bit of track right before you start the reverse section. And that was really cool. Wow. But then to answer your question in reverse, for the marathon, they are trying to find as much space as possible within the Walt Disney World Resort to p- run this race through in a way that makes sense. And so one of the worst views for this past marathon weekend was just running into the Typhoon Lagoon, or Blizzard Beach parking lot, running around the parking lot, and then running back out. Oh, That was not great. Um, it's a parking lot. You didn't even see the park. But the worst smelling section would definitely be the water treatment facility that they had us running by. They did do their best to try and make it not smell so bad. They had these machines that were just blasting citrus scents out. But it was still... Both, you didn't want to be breathing heavy through there, so you didn't want to run, but also you wanted to get through there as quickly as possible, so you really wanted to book it. I've never felt so conflicted. Hmm. Wow, that sounds... (laughs) Yeah, I imagine it'd be a lot of of roads more than it would be park. I mean, with that Mm -hmm. long of a distance. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of roads. So I'm very familiar with the highway that takes you from Epcot to Magic Kingdom now. 
And then they do their best to try and add entertainment to those areas as well, playing music, having a lot of character stops in those areas. But also that can kind of be a double-edged sword. Running into Animal Kingdom, running into and out, you are on opposite sides of the same road. And with it being Animal Kingdom, they wanted to play music that was kind of to do with Animal Kingdom. So they played Hakuna Matata. And only Hakuna Matata. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and so I, to this day, it's been six months now since I've run this race, and I have not been able to listen to it yet. Um, it's just, it was one of the last, like the last handful of miles of this race. I'm already tired. I'm already sore. As I'm running back out of Animal Kingdom, I'm seeing the balloon ladies run in, and I'm making eye contact with them for the first time. So it was... Not not a great experience. So who it's are balloon entertaining, ladies? but yes, the balloon ladies. Here we go. So these the races do take place before park open in most of these parks, but they don't want people to be hanging out. So there is a time limit. You have to keep maintain a 16 minute per mile pace starting from when the very last person crosses a start line. So I earlier mentioned that I had run a 10K in preparation for my half marathon. By doing that, I gave them a time that I'd previously run a race in. So they knew, okay, we can put you in this corral because you you'll probably keep up with the people who run the similar pace. And so you want to be placed in earlier corral so you're farther away from that very last person to start. So you give yourself a good bit of a buffer. The balloon ladies maintain a 16 minute per mile pace the entire race. And if you get passed by the balloon ladies and you are not able to catch back up, then you get swept off the course. So they are, from what I've heard, the most uplifting and supportive people. But at the same time, they're also the people that you're really racing against. They ha they're followed by people with bikes and that's what the parade buses follow behind with. Parade buses, of course, being the Kind version, kind way to say the bus that picks you up and dro drops you back at the Epcot parking lot. Um, but it's definitely intimidating to n go into these races and know that there's somebody following you. And if they catch you, you're done. Are these Balloon Ladies cast members? I believe they're volunteers. They are running with a singular balloon tied to their belt. And then they have a bib that just says 16 minute per mile pace. But I, if you're going to run one of these races, I would highly recommend trying to get a proof of time under your belt before. I forgot to submit a proof of time for the marathon, but my registration was tied to my previous registration for the princess half. So they pulled that information for my marathon. So I was put into a pretty high corral. And at some points in the race, especially towards the end, when I really started suffering, I was going I, suffering, I should say, not even going, about 17-minute <laughs> miles. Um, so I think I even finished the race overall with about a 15-minute-per-mile time. And so having that buffer between me and when the balloon lady started meant that I had all of this extra time that I was really able to absorb into just trying to take my time, trying to recover, and just keep moving. Okay. That, that does sound stressful, though, to have... Those balloon ladies, just you said you saw them when you were leaving Animal Kingdom. Mm. They were entering it. And I imagine yep. that was pretty menacing. Oh, it was terrifying, yes. So 
around that time too, we were starting to get updates from cast members that we'd walk or run by. Like, balloon mitt ladies are so far behind you. Oh, no. <laughs> so all of a sudden, starting to hear that, it was very stressful. However, as soon as you get into Hollywood Studios and off of the main roads, because they have to open the roads up. They're trying to run their park. They're trying to run their business. So they need to get their paying customers and people who don't understand that it's a race weekend to be able to use the roads, come into the parks, have a, the, their vacation as well. But once you cross into Hollywood Studios, you're no longer on those highways. Everything from Hollywood Studios back through Epcot back to the finish line, it's all just paths. So if you are passed by them after hitting Hollywood Studios or at least the boardwalk, then they generally will let you finish as long as you're continuing to move, as long as you're still putting in the effort. So if you can make it there, you're good. But of course, trying to actually finish then knowing that you're good it's still very challenging as i remember getting into epcot and knowing that i was so close and that probably being the hardest part of the race because it's hot at that point i think i was in Ep got back to epcot around like 1 p.m and even though it's january it's still florida it's still hot and now all of a sudden there's all these people around you and they're they know that you're finishing a marathon but also it's kind of sad to be like here I am walking, doing my best, because I am definitely somebody who runs through a lot of peer pressure. Like, I will save a lot of my energy for when I'm running through the parks, because that's the fun bit. That's the part where they have all the, the photographers out, too. So you want to be caught, like, looking like you're having a great time, and you're running, and you have all this energy. And then I'll save my actual, oh, my goodness, everything hurts, and I'm dying for the highways in between. Mm. where nobody sees you and nobody can judge you. Well, I would tell said guest, uh, sign up next year for a marathon <laughs> and not worry about what they think of me because that is such an accomplishment. I don't care mm -hmm. if you run full bore, what your pace looks like. The fact that you can do that is just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Thank you. Dallas, would you say that if we are not runners and we're not there for Run Disney, if it's a race weekend, should we plan our vacation for another time? I would kind of think about what your schedule is going to look like for those days. So I believe for the springtime surprise, one of the races happened in the evening. So I believe they shut down, I think, think it was just Hollywood Studios. I did not run this race and I paid a little bit of attention while it was going on, but they shut down some of the parks early for those races. So you weren't able to stay your full length if you would try to open to close rope drop to park close. You lost a couple of hours. And then if you are trying to go anywhere early on any of the days the park is opening during one of these race weekends, the highways are all shut down, so it's really difficult to get to and from hotels that are off of these main streets. Like, we run right by the Grand Floridian. There's no entrance or access out of that hotel during these weekends. I'm sure if there's an emergency, they have emergency preparedness plans in place. But as a guest, you're kind of locked in for a while. So just expecting a lot of delays around these weekends. And then a lot of sweaty people in the parks afterwards. I most people want to go back to their hotel shower before they head back out to the park but then there's thousands of people who've just run these races wearing these medals just kind of trying to hobble around get where they're going but also not able to use their legs so 
I didn't. I wouldn't say it's a bad weekend to go, but it's definitely a weekend where you want to have some patience. I didn't see any difference from a typical visit for me when that was happening. I think what hurt more is it was clearly a spring break week when I was there. Mm-hmm. So I think that was my detriment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Dallas, as we close up this conversation about running at Walt Disney World, would you please give us your one single moment, your favorite memory from any of your races at Walt Disney World so far? I think it probably from Marathon Weekend, I would have to pick both starting and finishing the race. Finishing, of course, being the top, but the moment that I crossed that starting line, every step along the way, I was just thinking, oh my God, I am running a marathon right now. I am running a marathon. And then getting to Epcot and realizing at the, or at the end of the race, because you start in Epcot, you end in Epcot. Getting to Epcot and then all of a sudden getting back to that moment of, oh my God, I am so close. If I have to walk the rest of the way, if I have to crawl, I am finishing a marathon. And granted, I cry all the time at anything anyways, but I bawled my eyes out as I crossed that finish line. There's photo pass photographers there, so I was trying not to cry and like look too ugly in case I wanted to buy the pictures later. But the moment that I crossed, I was just in tears. Of course, I was in pain. I hurt. I didn't know what to do with my body. I didn't know if I wanted to sit. I wanted to stand. I wouldn't, all I knew was I needed to lay down, and I just cried. It was the coolest experience. They... Uh, they don't talk about it, but one of the benefits of running the marathon, you get, of course, the medal and everything. You get all of this grand hoopla at the end. People are just so excited and sharing that joy with you for finishing. But you also get a pair of Mickey ears. They give medals to everybody who runs these races, whether or not you finish. But the Mickey ears only go to the finishers of the marathon. Wow. So that was really cool. I They... They started doing it a couple of years ago, but they never advertise it. So it's always a little bit iffy if you're going to get them or not. So then getting to the finish line and seeing them, and that was exciting too. Just the entire process of finishing a marathon, so painful, so terrible, but such a wonderful experience. You almost make it sound like I should start training almost i wouldn't go that far (laughs) to say that i'm going to leave my apartment now and start running but you do make it sound like a really incredible experience (laughs) yeah i would highly recommend i started running just because i felt like getting into it and i never lost the bug so kind of to piggyback even off of the last question that you asked before this one too being in a disney park even just as a regular vacation going guest it is always such an experience. I'm always somebody who cries at fireworks. And the night that I finished, we went to Epcot afterwards, had a bunch of food, had a lot to drink, and watching Harmonious, watching Disney fireworks shows always tend to have the theme of go find your dream out in the world and go live it. Go be what you want to be. Go live this dream. And having just run a marathon then seeing this fireworks show with the music that I've trained to telling you, like, live your dream, be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. It was such an emotional experience. I thought I was crying at the end of the marathon. I was 
bawling my eyes out, just like clutching my medal up to my face, just crying. I'm sure all the families with their kids, like trying to just have a normal vacation, were like, what is, what's going on with this girl? But I was just living in my own little moment, just really loving that. So between Harmonious and then, of course, the fireworks at Magic Kingdom a couple nights later, it was just such an elevated experience to have done this thing that I wasn't sure I could ever do in my life, then be able to actually do it and then be able to celebrate in a place like that. It was a wonderful experience. So even if you're just running the 5K, I'm sure that it's very similar to that. I mean, like, I've convinced my mom to sign up for a 5K, so she's running the Castaway K 5K with me. And then even one of my coworkers, I got her to sign up for the 5K as well. So it's, you have to start somewhere. For me, I knew that I wanted to start with the half, so that's where I started. But I would so highly recommend that if you have the opportunity to run one of these races, absolutely do it. If you think you can only start with the 5K, start there. The 5K also doesn't have a time limit because it is only 3.1 miles. Generally, if you're walking at a 20 minute per mile pace, you're, you're going to get through in an hour. So they don't have a time limit for that. You don't have to worry about balloon ladies. It's just such a fun experience. And it is something that I haven't been able to find anywhere else in any other races that I've done. Any other experiences that I've gone through have never really been able to hold a candle to the experience that I've had doing these run Disney races. Well, while you were saying that, and you just briefly alluded to it, how do you go back to just a, a regular race in the real world after you do these run Disney races? How does that even happen? It is definitely different because I am so used to having the Disney structure behind it. So my first big race that I ran was this half, but all of these other races that I've gone to, there's much lighter control over the corrals. I ran a race in the city I live near recently, and they did actually do a pretty good job of maintaining corral placements, but it was definitely a lot less structure overall for that. So it was interesting seeing a lot more chaos in the morning than I was used to the run Disney races. But with running through a town or a city with where people live and they work, and this is a tradition for the city, you do get a much different experience with that. So getting to run down one of the most picturesque streets in my city with homes decorated and people out and about and celebrating this race going on in their front yards and having people from all over the area come and celebrate and dance, play music. There's bands. One house I ran by was, I ran this race in April and the house was fully decorated for Christmas. Everybody was out wearing their Christmas sweaters. They're playing Christmas music. It's a much more organic kind of magic to it. So I love running any race that I can. It's, so, it's still so much fun. I love doing races. And that's why I've continued running. If I don't have races to train for, I slowly convert back into a couch potato. So... It's a great way to stay motivated for me to have these races. It's a great time overall just to be able to go out, experience the city you live in in a different kind of light, and to be part of these communities. Just no matter where you are, having other runners and just other this community, even if it's people who aren't runners behind you, to help support you. 
Well, Dallas, it's been incredible to speak with you today about what it is to race and to not only race, but race down in Orlando, Florida, where it seems there is quite a big to do down there around running a couple of times a year. As we close up the podcast, DJ, I know that you mentioned at the beginning that you were considering getting into gearing up for a race. After this conversation, are you sold on a Disney race now? I think I'm for sure sold on the 5K and potentially the 10K. It just still a marathon sounds so out of my league at this point. So, uh, you know, let's let's make a plan, dear listener, that I will be doing the next coming 5K. So what is that? That's in six months. So the next race to sign up for is the Disney Princess Half Marathon. So that is going to be in February of 2023. But I do expect registration to go kind of quickly for that, too, because this is also an anniversary year for that race. But I would highly recommend doing anything that you really can get your hands on, whether that is the Disney Princess half or else if it's 2023's Springtime Surprise, that is the race weekend that they have brought in to replace the Star Wars weekend. So I don't know if it's going to be the same three races that we saw last year, the Tower of Terror, um, Expedition Everest and the Race for the Taste, I believe. So that might be a little bit different, but it should still be a lot of fun. DJ, if it comes down to it, I'm sure that we could set up something in the Epcot parking lot itself. Um, I know that's Mm -hmm. a pretty big space, so we could probably find um, 5Ks worth of space there. Um, I'd bring a balloon. Uh, you do your race, and uh, and then we go in the park. Uh, so that we'll have that as a contingency there. But uh, Dallas, it really was a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for setting aside the time to come and, and join us and have a corkscrew conversation with us, uh, as, uh, as after all, that is the name of the podcast. Uh, dear listener, if you would like to help out the show, there is a very quick, easy, free way for you to do that. And that's by leaving a written five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star review on Spotify. Spotify. Uh, it helps us to grow the show and get the word out about Corkscrew Convos. Now, Dallas, we have a, a fancy way that we'd like to sign off here. Uh, we say, until next time, my name is A, then the other person says, my name is B, and then the other person says, no, my name is C, um, and then and the my first name person is DJ. Says, yes. <laughs> and we say, and this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. Uh, you think you're up to that? I will do my best. Okay. Do you say all of the rest of it at the same time? Yeah. Okay. I think. Let's, all right. Might have to top, do it a couple people. of times. All right. <laughs> from Wait, the, from the very top? Yeah. Uh, until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And my name is Dallas. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>